Hey everybody, this is Rob, your co-host. Just a quick warning up front, this episode contains some brief discussion of sexual assault in the media. If you'd like to skip over this part of our discussion, it starts around 15 minutes and 13 seconds, and ends around 17 minutes and 17 seconds. As always, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy. Excuse me. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to Morgandorks. This is a bi-weekly Daria podcast where we take an in-depth look at our favorite animated teenage misanthrope episode by episode. I'm Rob Press. And I'm Nissa Lee. And today we are looking at Season 1, Episode 7, The Lab Brat. Lab Brat. The Lab Brat. <laughs> it's really hard to say. <laughs> it is. Um, anyway, in this episode, Daria and Kevin get forced to work together on a psychology experiment. Brittany's forced into upchuck servitude, and Quinn gets uncharacteristically desperate. Uh, yeah. It premiered on April 14th, 1997, and was written by Peggy Nicole. This is the first episode of Daria that Peggy wrote, but she went on to write another 10 or so and co-write the Daria movies. She also operated as story editor and executive story editor for the final two seasons of the show. Uh, she also wrote The New Addams Family, Sweet Valley High, and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Awesome. Yeah, so she was all over the place in the 90s. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do the beat by beat. Yes. We open on Daria's science class where Miss Barch is finishing a lecture involving rats and mazes, which is appropriate because she has just been abandoned by her husband. No note, no phone call, nothing. <laughs> the class is tasked with training a mouse to navigate a maze using either positive or negative reinforcement. In a fantastic case of transference, Miss Barch <laughs> decides to punish Kevin by pairing him with Daria. But this does not seem to have the effect that she hoped for. Kevin is psyched. <laughs> he loves mazes. He loves mazes. He loves mazes. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, now paired with Upchuck, is the real victim here. Cool. Poor, cool. poor More Brittany. Upchuck. Yeah. Can't wait. So yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not looking forward to Upchuck. Yeah, this is not going to be a good episode for Upchuck. Rightfully so. Whoa. He'll get his. <laughs> He'll pay. That 20-year-old cartoon character will pay. <laughs> so later in the cafeteria, Pop Queen by Ben Lee is playing, and Kevin asks Daria if they can work on the maze at her house because his cable is broken. Miss um, Barch, she's going to be pretty much all over the place for the, the rest of the series. Um, what do you mean by that? She is a pretty regular character okay. throughout the rest of the series. I thought you meant emotionally for a moment there. No, 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 no. She's very much in one place emotionally. <laughs> also for the rest of the series. Very, very angry. Yeah. She's very on the nose, I think. Like this is, I almost want to say she's just a straight up stereotype. Okay. The angry woman, like angry at all men. Yeah. Yeah. She's got 
kind of that vibe about her right now. Like that is her entire character is she's just angry at men. Right. And like every line she has and every action she takes is in some way just showing that she's angry at men. Yeah. And while that is, you know, a stereotype or, you know, yeah. a trope. It's um, also really funny here. It's hilarious. It's <laughs> it, there are some amazing lines, the way that she treats Kevin particularly. And then, and then like to top it all off, Mac has said nothing yeah. and she just goes, shut up, Mac. <laughs> And and while it is a trope to have the angry woman um, or angry teacher, female teacher here, mm. um, particularly, I think that it works within the Daria universe, which yeah. has a lot of strong women. Yeah, yeah. This episode, for its many flaws, uh, has a number of really solid little lines in it, like little barbs and these, and these little bits. Um, the one in particular that stuck out to me was Brittany complaining after she finds out that Kevin's going to be working with Daria. And she says, we've never been separated on, on a, a lab project before. What are we going to do? And Daria just says, pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. But at the same time, I start to get annoyed at how Daria rips on, on Britney when you know we've established in the past that Britney's good at some of the things that she chooses to do right <laughs> she's really good at cheerleading right um you know and so and so while we have this universe of strong women um and a lot of smart women it also shows us women who are are, are working against each other in a lot of yeah. ways. Um, yeah. Daria is, is pretty down on Britney most of the time because she's an easy target. Mm. So it's like, meh, I'm not really a fan of that. But yeah, the jokes are good. <laughs> <laughs> I think at, at this point, I wonder if Daria has really settled into her own as like sort of a, a, a feminist. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like where she comes from a lot of the time is just straightforward, like, intellectualism and, and sort of placing intelligence above all else and, and, you know, very principled and whatnot. And, and those are certainly traits that are great to see in a female protagonist of a show geared toward teenagers. But I don't know if, if it's... I guess my question there would be... Does the fact that that character is a woman automatically make her feminist? Yes. Oh no, of course not. But okay. it should. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the our ideas of feminism are sharpening over mm. time, and um, so for twenty years ago, this is pretty good work. Yeah, I, I, but at the moment, you know. I believe that Daria would be the per the kind of person that would identify as a feminist. However, mm -hmm. you know, her idea of feminism may not include, you know, people who make women look bad like Brittany. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Speaking in the Daria mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just got done praising Brittany and now she makes women look bad. Okay. 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 <laughs> You know, just a woman tearing to, down other women. That's according cool. to I the intellectual it. Daria, right? At the Morgendorfer residence, Helen takes an interest in Daria's science project simply because she's working with the quarterback of the football team. 
<laughs> that was a nice little inhale there. Yeah. I, oh. You're going to wait let's for just, it? Yeah, let's just move on. Okay. <laughs> um, Quinn volunteers to help, but really she just wants some of that sweet, sweet quarterback action. <laughs> Kevin arrives and Daria immediately herds him to the couch, uh, sets him down next to her snoring father, and turns on the pigskin channel. It's actually called the pigskin channel. <laughs> She leaves to work on the project while Quinn stays to wait on Kevin hand and foot. So right off the bat, I think we're seeing a fair amount of you and I talked briefly before we started recording about how this episode doesn't really seem to have a very good grasp on the characters. Mm -hmm. But the writer of this episode goes on to do a lot of writing for Daria and some very good writing for Daria, seeing like you know, the episodes that she actually does and the movies, the movies are fantastic. Um, so this early on seeing that she has such a weird take on, uh, Helen and her abilities as a mother and her attentiveness as a mother and what we're going to see throughout this episode for Quinn, it, it's weird. It's a little jarring. Yeah. Particularly, I'm assuming that when you're talking about Helen, um, you're talking about how she's she's not really attentive to what Daria is saying. Right. Um, and she's only interested, well, because of the popularity aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is a really strange moment for Helen. Um, and Daria, Daria's uh, commentary to her about... Um, her insincere attention. Yeah. Goes right over her head. Yeah. Just, yeah. Gone in the distance. I feel like Helen would have heard that. Right. Right. Yeah. Also, um, Helen is being part of this gossip. Um, Quinn is gossiping about Brittany crying in the bathroom about yes. it. And Helen picks up on that. It just, I, I don't know. It just, doesn't seem very Helen. Although, of course, characters evolve, right? Our yeah. ideas of characters evolve. But yeah, it, it's just a really strange moment where she's more like Quinn than anything else. Yeah, it's a bit of a swing. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the scene, when Quinn starts to wait on Kevin hand and foot, Daria makes the observation that there seems to be a lot of fetching going on here. And and I think this is just the beginning of this weird scenario in which the female teens in this episode, Quinn and Brittany, are conditioned to respond to males in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, this is... There's a lot of grossness in this episode. Yeah, it's trying to do something interesting, but... The girls are the victims here, yeah. I think. Uh, the victims of the writing, that is. Uh, well, and of the guys as well. <laughs> yeah. We'll, um, get, we'll get into it uh, a bit more. But yeah, the, the the fact that some of the characters feel a little off, the fact that right off the bat they're starting to get sacrificed in the name of what the episode's trying to say it's it's a little weird yeah and quinn does not look good in this episode no um she is supposed to be responding to positive reinforcement you know if we're talking in terms of the psychology experiment right and uh you know she's she's responding to kevin calling her babe (laughs) because who doesn't love to be called babe (laughs) 
<laughs> um, that sounded so sincere. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, it's just, you're right. I think that she is being sacrificed for the episode itself. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Yeah. Podcast favorite, Quinn. <laughs> what happened to Quinn? <laughs> I'm I'm hoping she'll get back on track. Meanwhile, Brittany arrives incognito at Casa de Chuck to work on their project. The sultry brass notes of morphine's like swimming are playing as Upchuck tells Brittany that she better help with the project or else he'll show everyone a photo of her in the backseat post-touchdown hey. 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 <laughs> with another high school's football star. Oh, no. <laughs> then he sends her to the kitchen to get him a soda. Two cubes. Two cubes. Maybe the best thing we will say about Upchuck this entire episode, maybe the only good thing we will say about Upchuck this entire episode, that delivery of two cubes. Yes. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah. That out of the way, holy shit, I hate Upchuck he's so a, much. He's so awful. He's dressed like Hugh Hefner here, though. Yes. Amazing choice of wardrobe. <laughs> and Brittany is dressed, as you pointed out, like Audrey Hepburn. Uh-huh. At first, I thought it was a Carmen Sandiego thing, but then no, I was it's like- black, not red. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was just a really strange combo. But It'd be a weird pull. Yeah. <laughs> Hugh Hefner and Audrey Hepburn makes a little more sense to me. Um, so aside from- you know, the amazing choices that, you know, the animators are making. And yes. Upchuck is so gross. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of really gross sexist stuff happening in this episode. Uh, Upchuck's in particular, like Kevin's, it, it's, it's not okay. It's not felonious. No. Upchuck's is felonious. This is the sort Literally of Literally felonious, yes. yes. Like this gets you put on a registry yes. or it gets you put in prison and the show just kind of rolls with it. Is it because it's the joke or is it because... Okay, does this fly because it's just the joke or does it fly because... They're teenagers, and that kind of shit can sometimes, you know, I go think, unpenalized. I think it's it's a little bit of both. It's also a matter of it was 20 years ago, and these things weren't taken as seriously as they are now. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I, I come back to that a lot. Where like, oh, you know, it wasn't necessarily seen as as big a deal back then. Yeah, at least media-wise, I suppose. Right. I, I, I'm thinking right. um, recently I rewatched Heather's and <laughs> there is this moment where... Um, now that's worth a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's this moment where they're in a park with guys or something and it's very clear that this guy is basically raping a girl like mm. right in front of them and it's just passed on over yeah well right? i mean you saw that in in revenge of the nerds like mm -hmm. there is a straight up rape that happens and it's a joke mm -hmm. like it's passed along as a joke and um 
Back to the Future. Yeah. Like, I love Back to the Future. That's I one of my favorite movies. But man, the character of Biff is not okay. And and it wasn't... Well, he know. is the antagonist in that, to yes. be fair. But, <laughs> like, you get to the end of that movie and George McFly is perfectly okay with this guy who tried to rape his wife in front of him just like working on his car and like oh that biff yeah he's such a jokester he's always trying to get money out of us mm-hmm. yeah like I, it, it, man i wish unsettling. i wish my like bug eyes could be <laughs> transmitted through the podcast because i'm just like staring in disbelief um but you know, media has a a long and sordid history with consent and with how seriously or not seriously rape and and similar things are taken mm-hmm. um this isn't i don't think as gross as some of those examples well particularly because we're supposed to hate chuck yeah but also this episode doesn't go out of its way to really penalize chuck at all yeah aside he gets a bad grade which we'll get into but yeah, he's not really condemned so much, but no. but we are supposed to not like him. Right. This is supposed to be seen as as a gross thing that he's doing. Uh, there are questions of whether or not it's actually seen as gross enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the fact that he gets good jokes minimizes it. Yeah. So um, to go back to the whole positive negative reinforcement thing right it's worth mentioning that while kevin is using the positive re- reinforcement of hey babe <laughs> up chuck uh, eh, is definitely using negative reinforcement here <laughs> but getting similar results yes and that's the that's an interesting aspect of this episode this is kind of what we were talking about when we were saying that this this episode sacrifices characters. It sacrifices female characters yes. in the name of, of putting together this sort of you know, thematic premise, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, it's also kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can appreciate what it's trying to do. Right. So back at the Morgendorfers, Quinn has made Kevin a medium rare steak and a chocolate layer cake. Good on Quinn. How? Not- Bad, bad on her for for serving Kevin in such a way, but she's a freshman in high school who can cook a medium rare steak and a chocolate layer cake. Yeah, I did not have those skills. No, no, not I still even a don't little. have those skills. <laughs> <laughs> so, Quinn shining here, I suppose, <laughs> in in a way. Anyway, she's still having. Very little success in getting his attention. Uh, Instead, Kevin wanders off and discovers that maze that Daria has constructed. And in his excitement, he breaks it a little bit. (laughs) Kevin, 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 Kevin. Uh, Brittany arrives with suspicions that Kevin is being seduced by these Morgendorfer vixens, (laughs) but is called away by Upchuck before she can retrieve her man. I love the idea of the Morgendorfer sisters being referred to as vixens. It's fantastic. There's just something hilarious about that to me. 
the extent to which this episode craps on female characters is is far worse but this is also not a really good episode for kevin in what way he's made to look like even more of a dipshit than usual like this is kind of beyond the pale for for what we're accustomed to in terms of of kevin being just oafish and aloof and yeah i kind of took it as you get him in front of a television and he becomes a and that's zombie. what he becomes yeah yeah um it, it i mean a lot of people just go on autopilot in front of a, a television and oh sure and this is his autopilot which isn't you're right saying much about him but <laughs> <laughs> but you get him away from the tv for three seconds and he breaks the maze yeah like immediately but he really loves mazes he loves mazes so much he he's, loved them too much he's so excited about it he breaks it oh also for as bad as this episode treats britney she's also clever enough to immediately catch on that kevin's lying to her about actually helping with daria yeah she makes him tell her how the maze works yeah it's awesome <laughs> it's such a good moment for her in an episode with very few good moments for Brittany or quinn that's a really great Brittany moment mm -hmm. towards the end of the week practically all of lawndale high is at the pizza <laughs> shop spice girls set the tone with say you'll be there <laughs> yay spice girls um so kevin is trying sort of trying to offer Daria help on the maze project, but then he realizes that he told Quinn he'd help her perfect her back massage technique. <laughs> the amazing, it, sorry, the delivery there is amazing, by the way. I can't. I promised Quinn I'd help her practice her back massage technique. Does this boy always think of others first? Right? What? Meanwhile, the gossip makes us feel like we've stepped into some bizarro universe because everyone is convinced that Daria is a home-wrecking, man-eating hellcat. <laughs> Including Joey, Jeffy, and Jamie, who ask her out to that Whitney Houston movie that everyone keeps talking about. <laughs> Brittany is once again called away by Upchuck, this time via beeper. She has a bright pink beeper. Bright she has a pink beeper. Beeper. Bright pink beeper. Yeah. Uh, she does his errands and then heads to the Morgendorfers to steal the maze mouse. Later, Daria discovers that the mouse is gone. The only evidence left at the scene of the crime is a bear-shaped jar of honey. <laughs> Immediately, Quinn identifies the culprit. So we should point out that part of, um, part of Upchuck's errands involved picking up honey and Brittany picked up honey in a jar. This was unacceptable to Upchuck, who pointed out that he wanted honey very specifically from a bear. Yes. He's right that honey from a bear is objectively better. True. He's still terrible. It makes me wonder about characterizing creeps like Upchuck as having better taste. Right, because obviously, <laughs> yes, the the bear is better, <laughs> and he's got you know the Hugh Hefner look going on. Yeah, um, he's got this frigging huge garage. Yeah, his insistence <laughs> on two cubes, two of cubes, ice, yes, stuff like, like he's very particular 
the telephoto lens. Yeah. Right? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He's, he's got the goods. He's got daddy's credit card. Yes. Um, and there's some attempt at culture on his part. And I, it depends on, on how it comes through in the show to the viewer. Like to to some extent, yes, he's got like all these refined tastes and he's got all these, you know, expensive gadgets and such. Um, but how much of that does the episode properly portray it as a facade that he's just kind of putting up because he wants to come off a certain way and thus it makes him look a little bit more pathetic or is it straight up coming up like oh this is upchuck a man a renaissance man yeah i think it's the former definitely um yeah there's something about putting on that um putting on that Hugh Hefner jacket, right? (laughs) (laughs) That says that he's going for a certain look, a certain reputation. Yeah. Um, And and there's something about particularly a teenager dressing that way and having these particular tastes that make it off-putting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Like, watch out for this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I think it, it says something interesting uh, about the social ladder in Lawndale High, and I guess high school in general. Uh, this misconception that Daria is is getting with the quarterback of the football team or just spending way more time with him than might be normally appropriate suddenly makes her like infinitely more desirable to everyone else. Isn't that the way it goes, though? I suppose. I don't know. I never dated the football star. <laughs> Well, I didn't either, so I really don't know. Um, but I mean, that sounds right. Yeah. I, just, I have no idea if that's a misconception of mine or not, but it no. definitely sounds right. Yeah. I mean, I think that people see, hey, he's spending a lot of time over Daria's house. He's popular. Right. He likes her. Right. There's some math There's equation there. The cool people are spending more time with the not cool person. Therefore, the not cool person must actually be kind of cool. Exactly. Okay. It makes total sense in the high school world. It does. It's neat to see that uh, the three J's approach Daria exactly the same way as they approach Quinn. They hunt in a herd. Yeah. Or I should say they hunt in a pack. They they do move in herds. <laughs> Yeah, I think herd is probably the better word choice there for these guys. Yeah, because they're mostly prey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so they're not actually hunting. No. If they are, <laughs> they suck at it. They're, they're grazing. <laughs> at school the next day, Brittany is arguing with Kevin in the hallway when Daria approaches to say that Due to the curious case of the missing mouse, Miss Barch will allow them to complete a makeup project and that it may take weeks. <laughs> Brittany, dismayed at the news, admits that she stole the mouse and agrees to return it. When she brings the mouse back to its rightful house, we see that the poor thing has been traumatized by Brittany's 10-year-old brother. Oh, Poor, poor mouse. I felt so legitimately sad for this mouse. Yes, that's because you have a heart. There is no way that it will run that maze. 
their experiment is ruined. Um, but on the bright side, Kevin's unwittingly conditioned both Quinn and her father to fawn over him. That's so weird. <laughs> it's really strange. <laughs> if only he could take them to science class. <laughs> By the way, during this scene, Dishwalla's It's Only Going to Take Some Time is playing. Oh, my God. This show loves to play Dishwalla. Who doesn't? Who among us does not love to play Dishwalla? At least one person at, at this table, I take it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had to look up Dishwalla to hear their hit to remember who they were. Yeah. Um, Which sounds about right. Yeah. But there, but the so 90s. many of their but songs are, so are many songs. on the yeah. show. <laughs> that one song got really popular and it had a big long tail. Cut it off. <laughs> anyway, they're not so bad. I, it's just some. Welcome to our new podcast. <laughs> Dishwalla sucks. That's it's right. It's just not a band that I listen to, I suppose. You heard it here first. Fuck them. <laughs> really? No one should care about my musical taste. <laughs> Uh, I, I mostly listen to nursery rhyme songs nowadays. <laughs> there's no shame in that. They're classics for a reason. Much <laughs> like right. Dishwalla's Counting Blue Cars. <laughs> okay. Uh, a couple of things here. Uh, Jake being so desperate to have another man in the house that he just super gets along with Kevin and starts just unloading on him with everything this poor man <laughs> he's got some issues he throws dark he, mm -hmm. um at one point he he freaks out to to kevin about how like he was never seen as man enough or whatever and and he actually says the line i've got the house and the pay <laughs> maybe you should play the clip yeah yeah i'll just play the clip you know, I went out for football in military school, but the other kids taunted me. Said I ran funny. Well, I've shown them, the smug little turds. I'm my own boss now, dammit. I've got the house, the paycheck, and they're all lying dead in a stinking rice paddy halfway around the world. At least that's the way I like to think of them. Hey, how about a soda? Sure. I like two ice cubes. Me too. <laughs> that's super disturbing. It's so messed up. I love it. I absolutely love it. But man, it's poor Jake. Yeah, for all of the for all of the ways in which we feel that this writer has mischaracterized Quinn and Helen and Brittany, I kind of love the way that she characterized Jake. Oh, in absolutely! These, in these brief moments, in science class, the students present their projects. Miss Barch is still angry at all men. <laughs> And, he, and she won't allow Upchuck to explain their maze. And Brittany has no idea what's going on. Uh, so they fail. <laughs> and I suppose this is the comeuppance that Upchuck gets, huh? Yeah, this is, the, this is the only price that Upchuck pays for having what he literally called a slave. Yeah. Well, Miss Barch is delivering justice. Yes. The fiery sword of justice. <laughs> it's it's an F in a high school science class. 
It's, I guess, the most she can do, yeah, though. It's the, it's the fieriest <laughs> sword that she has. Outside for about right, like, smacking him, because you know she wants to. Don't we all? Yes, that's fair. So up next is Daria and Kevin. Uh, through some cleverness, Daria manages to connect the mouse's trauma to that of Miss Barch, <laughs> thus earning her an A. Daria is so clever. <laughs> It really resonates with Miss Barch, right? <laughs> um, Kevin, on the other hand, gets a D. And that probably has less to do with the fact that he's a man and more to do the fa- with the fact that he's striking modeling poses throughout their entire presentation. This is so good. for <laughs> Literally, his entire contribution to the project was breaking the maze... And looking good. And then literally like (laughs) modeling poses. It's not like he stands there and just tries to look normal. He's specifically going for, I guess, the stuff that he learned from this year's model. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. his terrifying experience with the modeling agency. It's not paid off, apparently. (laughs) It's not. Well, he didn't get an F. He did better than Upchuck. That's true. We'll give him that. <laughs> well, his conditioning of these girls was less insidious. Yes. Yeah. 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 So the episode made him pay a little bit less. Mm-hmm. So it's Kevin's treatment of Quinn is more the internalized misogyny, <laughs> whereas Upchuck's treatment of Brittany is the... Super externalized. Yes. Yes. The totally embraced misogyny <laughs> uh, is right. Uh. Um, afterwards in the hall, Kevin tells Daria that he's having a party and he wants cool people to be there. So can she tell Quinn about it? <laughs> and thus order is restored <laughs> to the universe. That's. I think that's actually a pretty good ending. Um the only thing there's an interesting little bit at that end there where when Kevin starts talking about the party and the insinuation is that he's about to invite Daria she seems legitimately excited about that I didn't pick up on that I she thought... does this like raised eye like he sits there he says I'm trying to remember the exact wording but he's like hey I'm having a party later and I'd really like some cool people to be there and he trails off for a second and Daria is just kind of looking up at him and she's got these raised eyebrows and she's like, yes. I interpreted that as, oh, hell no, this isn't happening. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, no, I do not want to spend more time with Kevin. <laughs> but please finish this sentence. It's going to be entertaining no matter what. Exactly. Yeah. So different interpretations yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I think yours fits much more with the character of Daria, especially in this episode. Yeah. Where she has no reason whatsoever to want to spend more time with this guy. Yeah. Um, that's what it came off like for me. Um, well, we won't psychoanalyze that. <laughs> <laughs> Another example of the many fun little barbs in this episode uh, is Upchuck trying to interrupt Brittany when she is trying and failing to give her presentation on the maze project and instead of letting him get a word in edgewise miss barch just says shut up hateful scum 
<laughs> or don't interrupt, hateful scum. And then immediately he's just done. She recognizes Upchuck for what he is. I think she recognizes all men for what Upchuck is, and she just happens to be super right about Upchuck. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll give you that one. <laughs> super right about a lot of men, not just Upchuck, <laughs> but specifically right now, very right about Upchuck. Yeah. I'm trying to distance myself from what almost sounded like a not all men argument. <laughs> I think you did an okay job. I hope. Should we jump into cultural contexts? Sure. So there wasn't a whole lot in terms of like straight 90s culture in this episode to really do a bunch of, of cultural context on. So this is going to be a little bit of a tangent. Um... So Almas Barch is a science teacher. The experiment around which this entire episode revolves is uh, more likely to be found in a psychology course. And we really don't get confirmation one way or the other as to whether Lawndale High has a dedicated psychology teacher, but if it doesn't, that really wouldn't have been too unusual for the 90s. Uh, according to High School Psychology, a coming-of-age story published by Kenneth D. Keith, Ph.D., et al., in the <laughs> journal Teaching of Psychology, Back in 2013, when this episode was written in 1996-1997, we were experiencing a transformative period for the teaching of psychology in high schools. Uh, the authors noted that 1992 kicked off what was referred to as, quote, an incredible 10 years for high school psychology. So we were definitely at the tail end of that incredible 10 years. Yes. You mentioned you didn't know if you had an AP psych course? Uh, I don't know if I had an AP psych course, but there was definitely... A, a psychology course in the high school and I took it. We had AP Psych. I took AP Psych. I was real bad at AP Psych to the point where I think I had to drop it because of grades. Why were you bad at AP Psych? I don't know. I, it's Is it because you don't talk to people? <laughs> <laughs> she says on the podcast. That's almost certainly it. <laughs> But also, wow, sick burn. <laughs> Just speaking the truth, you know? Christ, that was <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> it's like from orbit, Jesus. <laughs> psychology had been taught at the high school level for decades prior, with psychology courses existing in high schools in nearly every state by the mid-century. Uh, but those courses were frequently lacking. Uh, they were often taught by teachers without psychology degrees, and they frequently didn't actually treat the subject as a science. Uh, in fact, it looked often a lot more like a health class, focusing on the emphasis of like personal adjustment and mental hygiene. Uh, that created a pretty distinct gap between high school psychology courses and collegiate psychology courses, because the latter very much did treat psychology as a science. Uh, to illustrate how poor a job the high school courses were doing to prepare students for collegiate courses, multiple studies across a number of years found that students who hadn't taken any high school psychology classes were every bit as prepared for collegiate psychological study as those who had taken high school psychology classes. Damn. Yeah, that's bad. 
Still, as more and more psychology teachers with actual degrees in the subject began to stress the need for things to improve, the early 90s became a revolutionary time for high school psychology. Uh, It saw the establishment of the teachers of psychology in secondary schools, a cohesive voice within the American Psychological Association, to help make sure teachers are given the resources they need. Uh, It also saw the administering of the first AP psychology exam. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Talk of an AP psych exam had actually been in progress for more than two decades, but put on hold because of the accurate perception that a lot of high school psychology courses weren't actually focused on science. According to Keith and his fellow authors, psychology was the sixth largest AP discipline of 34 administering exams in 2011. And at the end of the paper, they note, quote, for many students, high school psychology will be their only exposure to our discipline. It's important to us all that it continues to thrive and age with integrity. End quote. End quote. So that's our tangent. It's really interesting. It's really cool. I, I'm going to put the link to this paper in the show notes. I super recommend everybody check it out. Uh, it's It takes an in-depth look at the high school teaching of psychology over the last 60 years. Maybe that's the kind of thing you'll find super interesting. Maybe it's not. I totally did. Uh, It's not a very long paper. So, you know, if you've got a spare like 15, 20 minutes, check it out. It's pretty cool. All right. Shall we rank the episode? God, yes. (laughs) Wow. Okay, so we have Cafe Desafecto, Mauled, This Year's Model, College Board, Esteemsters, Sealed with a Kick, and The Invitation. I don't think this episode is as bad as The Invitation. Oh, no, definitely not. Right. I think we might want to look at this episode as comparable to some of the shitty upchuck shenanigans that we see in, like, what? mauled and um but do we put it there is it i don't think that it does have a lot of really entertaining moments and lines yeah it does to me if if we're putting it up around because we had in in mauled and this year's model we had two episodes that were pretty solid but had serious flaws Mm -hmm. in that they displayed and didn't necessarily punish terrible behavior often misogynist behavior right uh in terms of enjoyment i would say this episode is probably somewhere around there like it has you know it has its funny moments it's it's doing something pretty interesting thematically or at least it's trying to it's trying to i don't know if it's necessarily completely achieving what it wants to but i'm not sure where it's falling short i haven't you know worked this out in my brain yet or maybe it's just the misogyny of it that's blocking (laughs) blocking it out it is it is pretty gross and and it does kind of step all over whatever this writer is trying to do thematically and let's also remind ourselves that it is sacrificing the uh, the characterization that has been established so far for for Quinn yeah particularly yeah uh, for for Quinn for Helen for 
even Kevin. Yeah. So it, that's a failing, I would say. So then does it get knocked down a few? I feel like it should. Like towards the Steamsters? Yeah. Because to me, it's, I, think it's, I think it's really neat that in an episode about positive and negative reinforcement, or in an episode where the students are all engaging in positive and negative reinforcement experiments, we see positive and negative reinforcement being doled out. Yes. I think that's it's that's a neat touch. Yeah. yeah, I I love the you know the little lines here or there. Uh, I I think those are those are really solid. Um, lots of really great tiny little moments in mm-hmm. this episode. I don't think they add up to enough to overcompensate for what's being done to Brittany and what's being done to Quinn. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, I would say that it's a better episode than a Steamsters, though. Um, yeah, I think yeah. a, a Steamsters is is dealing with similar material, um, like the psychology angle, I suppose. But this is a more cohesive episode. It's um, it's a more ambitious episode, generally. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so I would rank it. Um, at number five to knock Esteemsters down. So between College Board and Esteemsters. Yes. I can get with that. Wow. Yeah. Man, when we actually like discuss this a little bit beforehand, <laughs> <laughs> we spend a lot less time just staring at each other in silence. <laughs> well, this is actually a really amicable conversation. <laughs> we have to correct that. I also didn't get angry at you for me not preparing. (laughs) (laughs) So we are looking at, oh my God, what is this episode called? The Lab Brat. The Lab Brat. Okay, yeah. Which is really hard to say. Yeah. You don't think about it until you go to say it out loud and then you're like, oh no. (laughs) I I don't enunciate anywhere near enough to make this work. My New Jersey accent does not work for this episode. So that's the episode, the labyrinth. So we have Cafe Disaffecto, Mauled, This Year's Model, College Board, The Lab Brat, Esteemsters, Sealed with a Kick, and The Invitation. We're happy with that? I'm happy with that. Okay. And that about wraps it up for this episode of Morgan Dorks. As always, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Morgan Dorks. Email us at morgandorks at gmail.com or check out our website, morgandorks.podbean.com. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. Also, we're on Facebook now. Just search. I don't, I don't want to bother with the URL this time. Around. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, just search for Morgan Dorks podcast. We'll show up. Uh, Special thanks, as always, to Outpost Daria Reborn. Link is in the show notes. Uh, As always, thank you, Nissa. And hey, Rob, thank you. Oh, no problem. (laughs) And thank you, listeners. We'll see you again in two weeks for Season 1, Episode 8, Pinch Sitter, here on Morgan Dorks. Morgan Dorks.